welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we finish up our anniversary month here on the Retro Blood, we are uh, we are done talking about all the Halloween movies that happened in the 80s. That's right. Get out of here, uh, Michael. We don't need you. Get out of here, Cochran. We don't need you. You know what we need? You know what we need, everybody? We need the most deadliest serial killer known to man. That's right. We need Malcolm. Malcolm. Oh, wow. <laughs> what the fuck did we just watch? Anyway, welcome everybody to the Retro Blood. If you like uh, bad storylines, if you like movies with good actors but very bad acting, if you like uh, insane people, <laughs> if you like uh, a dumb babysitter, if you like a kid who's like super annoying, who's trying to be like Dennis the Menace or something like that, this is the review for you because we're talking all about trick or treats. What's up, everybody? What's up, Allison? How you doing, man? What's up? I'm t- I, was, I was doing fine if you maybe watch this piece of shit, but um, I don't know. Uh, I guess we got some stuff to talk about, but um, yeah. So it's it's trick or treats, right? It's so it's not trick or treat or hey, you want to get sued? Come on, trick or treat. It's trick or treats. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know this movie existed until you brought it up. Um, yeah. So like, so what happened uh, was just to break this down to everybody. So you know, <laughs> we want to do something special for our anniversary month, and you're like, okay, well, let's talk about the Halloween movies. You know what I mean? Like, you know, because we like to do like series long reviews sometimes. But we realized, you know, yeah. you know, this is an '80s podcast, so we can't talk about mm. Halloween Six because that didn't happen in the '80s, even though that's one of my favorite ones to talk about. So. We were like, okay, what are we going to do to fill in the gap? You know, this one episode back before Halloween, you know what I mean? What are we going to do to fill in the gap? And I was just looking on Shutter. I was like, oh, Trick or Treats. That sounds like a good Halloween movie. And I was like, let's just do that shit. And then, of course, not reading anything about it. And then watching it, I was like, what in the fuck? And there's a couple very shocking things about this. None other. The biggest shocker was that I was like, is that the dude from Kung Fu? Yep. And then he didn't do jack shit in the movie. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 amazing it's really astounding really it's very it's very amazing how like this movie did not really make that much sense at all like who okay so this movie is very interesting to everybody so yeah. you know this movie came out um in 1982 and i believe it was october 29th 1982 yes. so a week after halloween three yes a week after halloween three this piece of shit came out. And people were ragging on Halloween 3. So you're going to tell me, let's say Jimmy. He goes to Halloween 3. All right, He's watching Halloween 3. He's like, oh, where the fuck is Michael Myers? 
All right, then he hears like, oh, fuck this movie. You guys hear Trick or Treats is coming out. Fuck it. Let's go watch that. <laughs> Bro, no, there's no way. Okay, there's not even a comparison in the universe that someone could compare these two movies to each other. Am I right? <laughs> You're absolutely right in that. You're absolutely right. So, you know, normally, you know, not all the time, you know, to me, there is lesser known movies that can beat big franchises. I mean, we saw that oh, this year. Sure. We, If I go to my DeLorean, I look at 2022, to me, I know you haven't seen this movie yet, but to me, Terrifier 2 totally killed the new Halloween. For me, I had more fun, personally, for me, I had more fun watching Terrifier 2 than I did watching the, the new Halloween. So there is times, you know, a lesser known movie, a lower budget movie could beat a bigger budget movie. But that doesn't happen all the time, okay? And in 1982... Okay, Halloween three. Even though gave, we talked about it, nobody really liked. They it didn't get the best reviews. That shit was way better than this trick or treat shit that we got over here. So, yeah, yeah. But we are going to talk about it because it is going to be at least a fun review. So we'll we're probably the review is probably going to be better than the movie, which is always fun. Uh, it better be. Yes. <laughs> but um, so you know, the, a couple things before we get into everything. You know, obviously, you know, this is going to be the, the, the last episode in October for our anniversary month. But this is not going to be the last episode of this month because tomorrow, me and Allison are going to be back. We're going to be back for another Lights Out episode. And this one's going to be very special. It's going to be the Battle of the Halloween Havocs. So I'm pretty sure there's like no other reviews that has ever done this before. We're actually going to battle both shows out. So I'm doing the 1998 Halloween Havoc, and John is doing the 1992, I believe, right? 92, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yes, 92. Yes, Halloween Havoc. And basically how it's going to work is we're going to go match by match, and we're going to compare the matches and see whose matches were, whose match of their particular show is better. So, you know, we're going to go by, you know, storyline, we're going to go by a crowd reaction, and we're going to go by, you know, enjoyment of the match. And so we'll kind of like pick it and see which one wins. And then whoever wins, we'll do that. And I was also noticing something too. We'll also maybe do like promos. Like so if somebody's doing like a promo or if we have like promo seg- segments and stuff, maybe we'll compare those two. And um, an overall feel of the show. And we're also going to have uh, some uh, interesting backgrounds because, boy, I've been watching this 1998 show and it is wild. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. <laughs> a lot of it is fantastic. So that's coming up tomorrow on the Lights Out. So join us for a special Halloween, uh, a Halloween edition of the Lights Out, where we battle the Halloween Havocs. And of course, everybody, we have a Facebook page, YouTube page, Instagram. Like us on there. Give us some shoutouts. Give us some love. Um, and then yeah, it should be a. And then uh, towards the end of the show, we will tell you what our schedule is like for November as well. But let's get into the history segment. So. You know, this one, like, we've already talked about this month, because we did, you know, for Halloween Season 3. Um, but we did find, I did find some new stuff um, when it comes to, like, some metal and pro wrestling. So, how about, Allison, how about first we talk a little bit about that pro wrestling that you found? Let's go with that Yeah, first. I mean, we, yeah, I was originally going to talk about this when we did um, Halloween 3, but um, it just didn't make the cut. Um, but we'll talk about it this time, because... And anything will make the cut for this movie. Yeah. But um, the only thing I found was like on, on the Halloween three episode, we talked about Antonio and Oki 
and because he had just passed away and we talked about his his um history and like his uh contributions to pre- professional wrestling in general but um the week that this actually the, I, that happened this happened the show happened the day that this movie came out was um Anoki's Federation and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling which is you know my favorite federation right now in the world is um they were running a uh uh running a show and there was a storyline that started today or this day um so another famous wrestler Ricky Choshu who we'll probably talk talk about at some point um he was like a really famous uh, really he's i mean he's probably as he's at least as famous as anoki in japan but he was um but um he was he was like a, he was a face like he was a, he was one of the biggest good guys that they had and anoki was the other big good guy um you know they were kind of i guess you could compare him to maybe the you know the rock and steve austin when they were both faces at the same time um kind of the two biggest guys in the company and at this show chose you um swerved and took on and um uh turned on inoki and formed his own heel stable and then uh inoki's uh, stable and choshu stable would feud for the rest of the next year um on this story i didn't have a whole lot about it but uh choshu's group was called um Say, say, I can't say this right. Seike gun, Seike gun. Yeah, yeah, gun or something like that. Yeah, and Ishin gun is was Inoki's uh, faction. With a uh, gun means uh, like army. Um, uh, goon is how it's pronounced, but goon means army. Um, and uh, I believe and I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna trample this out of my memory banks. But uh, yeah, that's what the two uh, factions were called, and they would feud for the next year. But um, I, I was trying to find some footage of this, and I can't find any footage at all. Even on the New Japan webpage, I can't find footage of it. But um, that's the most historically important thing that I could find. Yeah. Um, that happened in pro wrestling on this day. Yeah, I mean, which is pretty wild, you know? Somebody turning on a Noki and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's especially that's... somebody as big as Choshu. Exactly. And going to heel and everything. So, yeah, I can definitely tell that probably like one of the most uh, shocking angles. They probably did yes. during that particular period. So, when it comes to the music, I found two things. Okay? Right. Now, we usually like to talk about metal on here. But every once in a while, we'll bring up something that's not technically metal. Um, so, I don't know too much about this band, but I know they're famous. And I can see that you... <laughs> that's what I know about them. They're famous. Uh, but I, I, could t- I think... I, I'm pretty sure you like this band. So... Uh, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure they're not even like metal or nothing. It's the Who. The Who. The Who. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm familiar with the Who. Yeah, the Who. Are you a big fan of the, <laughs> yeah, who? the who? I like the Who. Okay. So. I mean, yeah, sure. The Who's great. <laughs> not what I thought you were gonna say, but yeah, the Who. The Who's. The Who's great. Yeah, I love the Who. So apparently, on this date in 1982, they hit the the Billboard's Hot 100. Billboard charts at number twenty-eight. Um, this is off their their single anthem. Uh, the is a part of the tenth studio album. It's hard. So, mm-hmm, right. so at first I was like, man, is all this is all the fucking shit I could find? Is this the fucking who? But no, I found something else, brother. All right. Oh. So uh, there's this band um, that I found, 
and they're a thrash band. All right, and I never heard this thrash band before. I was listening to some of them, and they're they're a, they're a European uh, thrash band. Uh, have you ever heard of the band called Accept? Um, I'm familiar with Accept. I haven't listened to them a lot, but I am familiar with them. The the lead I can't even say this fucking guy's name. The lead singer, Udo Dirkensteiner. <laughs> that's just, that's close enough. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you say his name. That is close enough. Uh, Didn't they record? Are they the band that recorded Balls to the Wall? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, except yeah. But anyway, this is like their fir- this do? is like their first album. All right, so this album came out actually on October second, nineteen eighty two. So obviously about you know. 27 days before trick or treats brother but um uh you know something something interesting about this album so this album technically didn't come out in america it came out in europe on october 2nd 19 we didn't get we didn't get it here in america until 1983 but you know sometimes we like to be a little bit of international flavor here on the retro bled when we can be yeah absolutely um so these guys are actually not too bad so you know um yeah yeah i mean they 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 have a little bit more of the the. They're not like super like hardcore thrash like you know traditional thrash, because the singer um, actually you know has some pretty good vocal tracks on him. Um, mm-hmm. But I say like it's very uh, it's kind of like a like a like a heavier version of ACDC. You know what I mean? Like a little bit like right. that. Okay. So kind of like around that kind of style. Um, like I said, not too bad. The the song I was digging the most was the Demon's Night. So we'll probably play that at the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, they have some good. they have some good tracks, you know. Like these guys, um uh it's kinda like one of those ones where like, you know you, you could see like they're gonna get heavier over time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, sure. yeah. at at this at this point, nineteen eighty two, you know, we're we're starting to get pretty heavy with the thrash, but it's about to be like once we hit to like nine I noticed that we once we hit to like around like maybe ninety four, ninety five, that's when it really starts to get like, you know, a little heavier. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I was gonna say that like eighty two is really is re- still really early for thrash. Yeah. I mean Metallica's first album hadn't even come out yet. So, you know, like there were there were thrash bands around, but they probably weren't hearing that in Europe yet. But like the next 84, 85, 86, they certainly would. Metallica was huge in Europe. Slayer was huge in Europe. So, you know, those those uh, those European thrash bands would, would start getting formed around that time. Um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, The Balls of the Wall, that one came out in 1983, and that was their breakout album and their breakout song. Yeah. Right. So, so we'll yeah. talk about it one time when we're talking about a movie from next year, probably. From yeah. 83, I mean. Yeah, so we'll probably check um, them back. But like I said, everybody, you know, if you guys listen to the bands that we talk about and stuff, except, you know, to me, when I listen to their CD, because I, li- I listen to them, I wouldn't say, like, they're my favorite. Like, I I like the, uh, like, faster pace thrash. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, a right, little bit more, yeah. like, in-your-face thrash. These guys are, like, more like, uh, you're cruising down, you're just listening to, you know, they're not too, they're not, like, too fast. You know what I mean? They're just, like, at the, they're, like, the medium pace thrash, if that makes any sense. But... Yeah, and I'm talking about this album. I'm not sure about the, any other albums they have. I'm just talking about this particular album, their first one. Sure. They uh, Ret, Ret, Retless, Restless mm-hmm. and Wild. That's the album I'm talking about. That's the one that came out um, October second, nineteen eighty two, from Accept. Um, so you know, not not a bad one. Like I said, like uh, Demons Night was my favorite track off there. Uh, Neo Nights was a pretty good one too. The intro is actually a pretty interesting intro. It's like some like 
old school play and then they just go into it so right not too bad though you know pretty pretty uh decent i would say it's decent i gave it a five i guess if we're writing give stuff it a five. five out of ten yeah they ain't no docking five brother five five. <laughs> i mean they ain't no docking all right they ain't no um, fucking yeah, uh of things. <laughs> oh have you ever heard the band oh well i was listening to this other band too we we'll probably talk about them i think we have before razor uh, not familiar with Razor. We may have talked. About we'll them we'll probably talk about them pretty soon because I was listening to them um, a couple of days ago for some research and stuff, and we'll talk about them pretty soon. They're pretty wild, so they're not as good as the Razor yeah, the, one. Uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, things that happened that week, um, one's not metal and one kind of is. So, um, uh, Prince released 1999 that same week as this movie came out. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, which was a big, like, you know, his first really big smash hit. And um, in the, the our recurring segment of what was Iron Maiden doing during this time, they had just finished up the Number of the Beast tour, like three or, f- well, about five days before, I think it ended on the 23rd of October, 1982. So they'd finished up that tour. So maybe they were uh, taking some time off and going to see uh, Trick or Treats. Yeah, now and then they imagine back on a tour again. So, <laughs> yeah, just imagine, be like, all right, I don't know, like, I'm trying to think. So this is 1982. Okay, we just got done watching Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Hating it because Michael Myers is not in. Yeah, hate, hating it because Michael Myers is not in it. Even though, like, I don't. I wonder if I would have hated it back in the day. I think we talked about no, it. I think no, I we wouldn't we wouldn't have hated it. I, you know, we we wouldn't have. we would have been uh, smart marks like we are now. It's we true. Well, I mean, to, to me is, I think I would have been like, maybe like okay, because I, I don't think they even advertised Michael in this one. You know what I mean? In the trailer and stuff for the Halloween three. No, in the trailer they didn't. So the trailer, the trailer for Halloween three was great because it was yeah. it had it didn't have it mentioned that Michael. I'm pretty sure that it mentioned Michael Myers not being in it. Yeah. And then at the end of it, it said the night nobody comes home. Yeah, which is a fucking great tag. <laughs> so but this like, show's not about Halloween three. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, you know, since they're so close to each other, like, it did, let's mm-hmm. say we watch that one, then we then we watch this. I'd have been like, fuck, man, can I get my money back or something? Like, <laughs> I would definitely want my money back if I saw this <laughs> this thing. I was like, shit. But here, let's talk a little bit about the production before we get into the to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, obviously this is one of those movies that's, you know, after Halloween, there, you know, we get, okay, we get a serial killer with a knife. All right. Yeah. Now we can make, now we, there's our horror movie. You know what I mean? So a lot of these people were just trying to, maybe just trying to, like, you know, make a really quick horror movie to make around October to make some money. That's, that's what this one actually seemed kind of like. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, they spent $55,000 making this. Really? Yeah. Wow, that must have been just to pay that kung fu guy for him to show up. What's his name? David something. David Carradine. Yeah, bro, his story. Um, this guy. Like, we could do a whole I mean, episode about was, him. I mean, David Carradine was a, a legitimately famous actor yeah. when this was made. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, I'm just astounded. Like, I don't even. I'm. I'm speechless. I'm, I was speechless when I saw this. I was like, I can't believe what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Um, it just like shows I up. I mean, it's yeah, and um, um, you know, it had it had uh, 
It had uh, David Carradine. It had Carrie Snodgrass, who was a pretty famous actress in the seventies. Um, I'm I most know her because she was married to Neil Young, or she was she was Neil Young's girlfriend or something for a long time. And I'm a huge Neil Young fan. Um, and it had Steve Rails back, who was also in uh, Halloween Three. I think it was in Life Force. He was in Life Force. Yes, that's yes. what it was. He was in Life Force. Uh, so we, you know, he was in Life Force. We we got that guy again. He's fantastic, and he does almost nothing. As Bro, he did um, absolutely jack shit. And yeah, like, I don't he, think like I don't. And did we? I think when they filmed him too, like they didn't like match him. Like I think the storyline was kind of like. I think they forgot like the storyline when they were filming his scenes. Because <laughs> there was a couple parts like we'll talk about it, but there's like a couple parts where he's like talking. He's like, "Okay, well, I can't wait to see you at the show." And I was like. She just told you she wasn't going to be at the show like three scenes earlier. Right. I'm pretty sure that Steve Railsback scenes were all filmed in the same day. Because he's wearing the same yeah. costume and oh, yeah, basically they definitely in the were. same room. And like, it probably won't shock you to know that uh, the guy that actually that directed and wrote this never wrote another movie after this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I wonder sure why. Probably not shocking. <laughs> he did he did work again though um mostly in porn but oh um, okay well there you go that's yeah. a step up and i actually do know a lot of it's a step up from this piece of shit yeah yes. i actually do know a lot about uh this director gary graver um he was friends with uh orson wells the famous director orson wells he was a sim he's he's a, he's a, he was a really talented cinematographer and he made movies look really good uh, but somehow not this one um, like I'm not sure they used any lighting except for like a 50 watt light bulb for this movie. Um, but he, uh, he was a really good cinematographer on some Orson Welles movies. Um, and he, he was a cinematographer on the toolbox murders and what else did he work on? Um, death sport. Um, oh, man. Uh, Moonshine County Express. He worked on a movie called Doctor Dracula. That's pretty good. That had John Carradine in it. Another famous Carradine. Um, so he's worked on some movies that are actually good. He just didn't direct any of those or, or write any of them. He was just like he just made the movies. The camera. He did the camera work basically. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's bizarre. This this is I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like I, I, I don't even know how they got these people to be in this piece of shit. Like they must have like blackmailed David Carradine and Steve Rails back to make this movie. Yeah, like and I'm trying to do some research too, like of like why he was even in this, and like I can't find anything. It's like <laughs> they fucking struck that shit from the record. Like maybe he just like showed up uh, one yeah. day, was like, "Hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're filming this movie. Okay, I'll show up. I'll be like a magician if you want me to." Okay, <laughs> yeah, we'll film. Okay, <laughs> all right, I got some time to kill. Like, I got some time to kill. Sure, why not? Maybe, maybe he was, maybe he, he was friends. He had to be Gary friends Graver. with somebody. He had to be friends. Yeah, he had with to be friends with somebody. All right. Um, I um, I, I don't know if I ever told you a story. I met David Carradine once. Oh shit! Really? No way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was at a convention, but it wasn't like he was he, but it wasn't like at a fan convention, like at like you know at his table. Like he was, he was um. He was at a convention, and it was like a, one of those party conventions where, like, you know, after the convention closes, people just like go to the hotel bar and just get drunk. So I'm just like hanging out and drinking and sitting there in this chair by myself. And um, Brad Dorif walks up and sits down beside me. So Brad Dorif is another fan actor that I'm a huge fan of. 
And um, he just sat down beside me and just started telling me the story about his girlfriend. And we were just, we just started talking and, and I'm like, um, I'm like, I mean, like, are you just here hanging out? And he's like, he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I'm waiting on, uh, uh, my friend David Carradine is playing with his band in a ballroom. Like, and I'm just waiting for them to get done. Cause we're going to go, go do something. And I'm like, Oh, well that's kind of cool. So I'm sitting there talking to Brad Dorif and then I guess David Carradine gets done. And then he comes walking down the hallway and he's like standing there and all three of us are talking for him a few minutes. And we're I'm like, I'm just, it just sinks in after they walk away. Then I'm like, wow, I'm just sitting here talking to Brad Dorif and David Carradine. Like they're people that I know. Yeah. And, um, I just thought that was real. That was like one of the most bizarre things that's ever happened to me was like, they're just like, he just sits down beside me and just starts talking to me about, you know, normal everyday stuff, which I guess they're normal everyday people in a way. But you know, like I, I, I've just been such a huge fan of Brad Dorf my whole life. And I was just like, wow, Brad Dorf is talking to me. Yeah. It is and pretty David cool. Carradine was talking to me. Yeah. But yeah, that's my David Carradine story. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the only thing I knew him for, obviously, probably what everybody knew him from was that Kung Fu show. Kung Fu, hell yeah. I mean, like, he was, like, fantastic in that show, you know. And he does have a crazy oh. death story, too, so I was like, damn. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, huh. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely one of the, the, a great actor. I mean, fantastic. So, it just it was just so re- weird seeing him in this movie, but. Um, somehow, yeah, <laughs> somehow he, uh. I don't. I don't know. I'm just astounded. Like maybe he likes Halloween. How did this happen? I don't know. He had to show up. Like, listen, man, I'm just doing somebody a favor. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that has to have been it. I mean, he has to have known Gary Graver because I'm sure Gary Graver was a well-respected cinematographer. So I'm sure that, um, uh, you know, that he was able to call in favors and say, "Hey, man, can you be in? Do you want to be in my movie? And I can shoot everything you're going to do in one day." <laughs> Well, maybe sure uh, that's probably how that happened. You think? I think his son might have been the guy who played Christopher. Yeah, his yeah, Chris Craver. Yeah, yeah. he has another son too named Sean, who's also an actor. Okay, fascinating. But everybody, let's get into the uh, the trick or treats. Yeesh. Okay, it's gonna be a little rough one. When was the last time you went trick-or-treating? Trick-or-treat! Aren't you too old to be trick-or-treating? When was the last time you babysat on a Halloween night? Are you here, kid? You must be Linda. Yes? But I haven't met your little boy yet. Oh, he's around somewhere. You'll find him. Or he'll find you. Christopher, where are you? You're cute. Are you the babysitter? Is everything all right? Your son is a holy terror. Christopher is being a perfect angel. Ah! Help, help! Do you know the story about the boy who cried wolf? (laughs) Quit playing with yourself. I'm formulating my plan of escape. You're crazy. A dangerous lunatic has escaped from Western State Hospital. Hello? I'm coming home. When was the last time you were chased by a deranged madman? (laughs) 
All right, everybody, we are here. It's, a, it's a two days before Halloween review, and we're about to blow your socks off because we are talking trick-or-treats right now. And you know how we start off this movie, this this Halloween movie, this movie that's supposed to crush Halloween 3 in the theaters? You know how we're starting off? Well, silence, and then some jazz music just randomly plays. Yeah. Okay, weird. So we see, after a long period of time with credits and jazz music, uh, we have uh, we see these two couples. They're outside eating by the pool. All right, and we we find out that the uh, we have Joan, which is the wife, and we have mm-hmm. Malcolm, which is the husband reading the newspaper. Okay, mm-hmm. so Joan looks a little nervous. You know, I thought she's maybe you could tell like she's just nervous talking to her husband and stuff and. You know, she asked, like, you know, they hear, like, basically hear a knocking at the door. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll go get it. Okay. And then she gets the door and two dudes show up. And they, they, they're like, hey, you know, we just got to, like, this is so weird to me. I was actually was, like, straight up confused. So, apparently, Allison and everybody, yeah, like, I guess you could just, like, admit people to the insane asylum. Like, hey, he's crazy. Come pick him up at this time, and he's there's going to be, like, a struggle and stuff. Like, how, how did she do this? Like, we never got to explain how she actually got to admit her husband into the insane asylum. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you need a court order, but um, yeah. I guess that was overlooked. Well, don't there. we need, like, some evidence that he's crazy or something? Yeah, I mean, you would think so, but I mean, maybe that got overlooked in the uh, in the uh, very extensive uh, research. <laughs> well, maybe what writer. it was was one of her gigolos, which we'll get to that. The richer guy, who was played by David, David Carradine. Yes, maybe he was a doctor and he signed off the paperwork to get this guy admitted. That's the only thing I could think maybe. of. But it ended up explaining the shit, so. Two guys in white show up, and they're like, hey, you know, we might have to sign some paperwork, but we'll make this a really easy, calm process, right? Which it definitely wasn't. So, this is actually my favorite part of the whole movie, okay? It was the beginning scene, because it was just so ridiculous. It was great. So, we got these two white guys, right? And Malcolm's just sitting there eating his papers, like... Hey, what's going on here, Jeff? Like, he knew these motherfuckers. I was like, oh, what the hell? He's like, hey, what's going on, dear Jeff? And he's like, hey, well, you know, don't worry about it. Just just come with us. He's like, oh, I don't want to come with you guys. I was like, just come with us. Just come with us. No. Nah. Ah. But this Malcolm guy, this fucking Peter, Jason, they got to play Malcolm. He had the weirdest yeah. screams. Ah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> that was that was almost perfect actually <laughs> and, then, and then it was like the fucking three stooges he throws one motherfucker in the pool all right yeah, well, and, and then he t- gets tackled and then he throws another one in the pool and then he goes into the pool but, I, yeah like the whole time this was going on i expected them to play like the benny hill music exactly like, i don't know if you're saying where the benny hill music's playing and they're like running around i kind of wanted like totally. speed it up a little bit you know what i mean just to see like if it played yeah, out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make it go fast. and so like after but, the yeah, after, after they're all in the pool so during all this like joan she's like looking like a little like sadistic smile on her face 
you know, because she's basically admitting her husband into the insane asylum. And of course, he's like trying to fight. He's like throwing over tables, falling in the pools and stuff. But my favorite part is when he tries to climb the tree. <laughs> he goes to trying to. He tries to climb the tree, and then he like grabs one of them by like his one of the uh, the the doc the what do you call these guys the the white coats or whatever by these like his fucking legs, yeah. and then the other one grabs him. Yeah. And then during this whole time, he is just screaming. He's like all wet in his suit, and everything. It's like, ah, 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 no, don't take me. Ah, put him, put him in a straight jacket. That's what they say. And it's just the sounds he makes is like the weirdest sounds. I can't even like, maybe I'll play some of his sounds here. Just so people don't think I'm just crazy. <laughs> and the guy, one of the guys, uh, the guy in the, with the mustache is played by Tim um, Rosovich. Yeah. Was, uh, his, uh, he was a pro, he was a pro football player, but he, he you see him. In a lot of shows from the '80s, as a um, like a background character, not an extra, but like um, I'm not sure what you call that. He's like a character. He he would always he usually would play a henchman or something, but you would see him a lot in shows in the '80s, and that's why I, how, for some reason I recognize. Did he um did he stricken this scene from his resume? Because I don't know <laughs> if I would want to show people this one. <laughs> like, I, it was so ridiculous. <laughs> Just yeah. like. I mean, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. Some of it was like, it was just so outrageous that it was just funny to me. Like the whole time, even when they took him outside, yeah. like they took him to the back gate. He's still screaming. <laughs> but like the, through this whole movie, like I just kept, like I couldn't stop watching it because I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And it it's through the whole it's the whole thing is this way it it, it yes. never gets better or it never gets worse. I it just is. kept thinking, why 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 is this movie <laughs> why why does this exist why does this exist, does this exist? <laughs> So I like this one. So now it's several. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an exact years later. It's several no. years later. Yeah, one like year later, two, three, five, I don't know. It's several, like 20 years later. Okay. Apparently like, I don't know, like several he, years. Like he couldn't even, he couldn't even like pick a particular time. No. Like he, like his, his, <laughs> his son plays the kid in this movie. He plays the main character's kid. Like you couldn't even like, well, my son's 10 years old. Okay. 10 years later, Yeah, 10 years later, I guess. <laughs> Who knows? Several years later. All right. So the, we see a girl in the shower. She's blonde. This is the character Linda. All right. So we have to have the hot blonde. So this is our hot blonde for the movie. She takes a phone call in the shower. Like her phone is like right next to the shower. Her cord, her cord phone is next to the shower. Allison, have you ever had a home phone in your bathroom next to the shower? No, it's just another thing. I can you even thinking, run? Can you why? even run? Can you even run? A phone jack through your bathroom. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably the least of the the logical. I need to know this. Fallacies. <laughs> I'm sure you probably <laughs> could. I'm sure it's possible. Tell me how this is possible. Like, why? Why would you want to? Why would you need a phone in your bathroom? Well, when you're taking a shower to take important calls, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no, no. My I favorite guess. part too is like, okay, so there's like music playing, right? So this girl's taking a shower. There's music playing yeah. in the sh- sh- bathroom too, and she answers the phone and she tells them to talk louder. <laughs> I'm like, well, fucking, don't take the phone call when you're in the shower then. With music playing, yes. 
So basically this whole time, like, you hear bits and pieces, which I could barely hear what she was saying because of the fucking music and the shower is going on too. But basically, they her agency is calling her into work to babysit. She doesn't want to go babysitting because her boyfriend, uh, Brett, he is about to do some opening play. Okay? Yeah. So, um... So, yeah. So, that's what's going on with them. Um, so, now she uh, she takes a phone call. Alright? And... Uh, we see, like, a little bit of the town. It, I get... Where was this filmed? Was this filmed in... Ari- it looked like Arizona, but I think, I think it might have been Los Angeles, right? I think it's probably Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. So this is when she, this is when Linda takes the phone call from Brett, and I don't know. So this guy, that you know, he's on, he was on Life Force, which when we watched that movie, you know, the acting on that movie wasn't that bad. You know, some of the storyline might have been a little interesting and stuff, but this Brett guy, I don't know what they told him to do. Like, hey man, um, we're just gonna film you in some armor and just act like you're dumb, or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're talking, and this is when. Uh, first, like, Linda answers the phone. She's trying to act all French, and Brett is confused. And she says she's trying to... <laughs> d- <laughs> she's trying to uh, rehearse for a yogurt commercial. Yeah, doesn't she answer the phone um, speaking French? Yeah, speaking French, yes. Yeah, yeah, and then he's, like, fucking confused. And then she says she's trying to practice for a yogurt commercial. Yes. And then she br- might get. And then, so, Brett, he is, like, a stage actor. And apparently he's going to be playing some character, um, and some some medieval character, and it's his yeah. opening night. And then this is when Linda breaks it to to him that she's not going to be able to come out opening night, and he's like super upset because she has to babysit. Yes, because so and the reason she has to babysit is because this agency, her work, um, is uh, I guess they require her to do some babysitting while she's in her agency for acting. I, I I guess um yeah I don't know like I know that she she talks about having to babysit because she doesn't make enough money acting um which after seeing this movie I can understand why but um I yeah yeah and then he's like and then he's he's like well he's like I'm almost at the point or then she's like what what am I gonna do to make money he's like are you gonna take care of me oh, yeah. and he's like well I'm almost to that point or something like that I'm like holy fuck. Yeah, he's like why? Why? he does kind of bl- he, he does kind of blow it off. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, watching this movie was the first time I ever regretted uh, starting the show. <laughs> Halfway through this movie, I was like, maybe I just don't need to do this show. Maybe I can just quit. Well, uh, you know, well, come on, I you wanted to see the wonders, <laughs> the wonders of Brett and his uh, his tales of him sitting in the dressing room the whole movie. I mean, come on, now. it's it's one beautiful, the beautiful. People- the, the people listening to this are not going to believe what we're saying. They're going to think we made this shit up. <laughs> Probably. Well, uh, also to, uh, <laughs> so something I want to bring up too, um, just a little side note. So, you know, I've done some super cheesy films in my day. And I noticed what this one is, what they did was they obviously filmed the scenes like, like all at once. You know what I mean? They probably filmed all Brett's parts at once. And then they probably filmed all Linda parts at once. And they just spliced them in. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I thought at the first part they did okay. Like, it was kind of being like pretty good about being trans uh, transparent. But so basically, what Linda is saying here, and remember this, everybody, gotta remember this continuity right here. So Linda's can't go. She cannot go to this uh, re- opening night at all. She has to babysit. 
but she told right. Brett that she he can come over afterwards because it's just some kid and the parents are not even going to be home all night so you can come home afterwards and Brett agrees. He's like, okay. And then she's like, well, here's the address. And of course, we never hear the address. All right. So just remember that part, everybody. Okay. Remember, he agreed that he is going to come to her house afterwards. Okay. So this is another this is another weird scene. So Linda is now outside, okay, and this guy just like this creepy guy with like scar on his face just like fucking walks up to her and he asks where Forty Two Street is. She's like, okay, it's down there. He's like, oh, hey, you want to go to this party with me? It's like, it's like she's like, no. It's like, come on. Uh, you don't like the party or something? And she just leaves. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is this even here? Right, this has nothing. I thought that was gonna have something to do with the plot, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, isn't the guy also bleeding from his head? Yeah, he had like some like cut or bleeding from his head, or something. I don't know if that was his well, Halloween costume or something. I have no well, idea. Okay, that's that's what I was thinking. Like at first, I was like, "What? What's going on?" But then I'm like, "Okay, it is Halloween, so maybe it's his Halloween costume. Maybe he's like a guy bleeding from the head." I, I don't know. Yeah, but like you but think, okay. This is Halloween costume. You know, I can get like some pretty girl and some creepy dude's gonna hit on her on the streets. I get that. I get all that. All right. But like usually in movies, it means that there's like a plot point somewhere. And this just like didn't do anything. So just some creepy no. dude on the street trying to hit on Linda. Okay. Yeah. Which could have not even been in the movie. Yeah. I, I guess we're just show that she's. I have no idea. So, <laughs> so now this is when we meet. Uh, we we're back with Joan. Which was the uh, the wife of Malcolm, who she had her husband admitted several years. We don't know how many years, but it's been several years. Okay, and <laughs> and then within that time, she has a new boyfriend, and this is Richard. Obviously, this is uh, played by uh, the Kung Fu Man himself. Yeah. Um, they are both going to be magicians. Okay, and it just so happens that their son Christopher is a big magician fan. That's like a whole the whole family just loves magic, okay. Well, yeah, Richard Richard is a magician, right? Yeah. What? Oh, that's his real job. I think so. Oh, okay. I, th- I, th- I think that's what I got out of this movie was that he is a magician. I thought he was just like a gigolo, like they were saying, like he was just some guy wanting his one thing, one of the girls' money. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe a little um, bit of both. But yeah, is he is he is David Carradine in another scene besides this scene right here where he comes in and talks to her in the house? Yeah. Cigar. Yeah. He, he's oh, in. He's yeah. 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 He's in. He's in. A, he's in like this whole opening part. So, so uh, he's talking. They're both talking to Christopher and stuff. And then Joanne's basically telling Christopher like, "Hey, you know, we have to. We're going to this Halloween party. We can't take care of you right now because we had to do business. And you know, we don't always have fun during doing business, but we had to do business. So apparently, there's like this big shot that they're going to be going to. Uh, Joan and Richard are going to go to some big shots Halloween party or something. And uh, all all Christopher wants to do is maybe do some trick or treating, and they said no. So this is when um, this is when Linda she shows up, and she is going to be the babysitter for Christopher. All right. Yes, exactly. So Joan is telling like, hey, here's the candy for all the trick or treaters. Uh, there's the the dog's going to be over there, which I don't remember even seeing a dog in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> they must have forgot about that part. They, they couldn't afford a dog. Yeah. Here's all these phone numbers for all the people you need to contact that you don't call any during the whole movie. And we will, and then both of us will be back tomorrow. All right. Mm-hmm. 
So, and then June asks Richard if, if they got everything and they're, they're looking through some stuff and um, they're going to go, they're, they're talking to each other, Joan and Richard are talking to each other and they're going to the, uh, the Nunnings Halloween party. So I guess the Nuttings are like some big hotshot people that it's very rare to go to their Halloween party or something. Yeah, um, really big in the magician scene, I guess. Yes. So they, so now they kiss and stuff. Joan and Richard kiss, and uh, Richard says, "I'm gonna go fix us some drinks, okay, before they go off." And of course, they are dressed up as magicians. Mm-hmm. So now we are at. Now we get cut to a scene. We are at the Western State Hospital, home of the insane. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. 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 Home We're, of the insane. Yes. Not medically ill. Not not um, you know, special uh, center. No, home of the insane. Yeah. That's okay. What the sign says. Yes. Home for the insane. It's like a little nice. Calicle was written on a piece of paper. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> So this is where we see Malcolm, and I don't know. So okay, Allison, I know you know this. Everybody else here, on, you know, hopefully have some pro wrestling fans on here, since we do talk about pro wrestling. This scene reminded me of when Ric Flair was in the mental hospital. <laughs> All right, <laughs> like over the top, just fucking over the top. Like, hey, this is what insane people do. Look at us. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking move over. Uh, 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 what's that movie? A Cuckoo's Nest. Move over. Yeah. All right, we yeah. got more insane people here than we can count. <laughs> so, um, so Malcolm, he's playing uh, checkers with Bird. Mm. All right, and he's doing crazy person stuff. Yes, and I, <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, all right, Bird. This year, I'm gonna be breaking out. All right. I've been in here for four years. So we see we we figured out it. Several years later means four years. He said he's been in there okay, for four so, years. Right, so there you go. Good, but we figured good. it out. He's like, and then Bird's like, oh, you're not going to break out. You say that every year. He's like, no, this year I definitely mean I'm going to break out and stuff. And then we see the doctor come by, and he's all like, the doctor's like talking to some some other patients, and Malcolm's like, all right, doc, when am I supposed to get out of here? You know, you promised me I can get out of here. It's like, oh, don't worry, I got your, I'm working on stuff, you know. Just give me some more time. And then the the nurse goes up to the doctor. like, why do you keep telling him that stuff? You're trying to get him out of here and stuff. When you know he's just, he's just like, batshit crazy. And the oh, doc's yeah. like, the doc's like, oh, you got to tell these people like that stuff. Remember, they're crazy. You got to just tell them this stuff. They don't mean anything. So you're, you're already establishing, yeah, we don't help these crazy people. We just tell them lies the whole time. What kind of fucking hospital is this? <laughs> so... So, uh, so, <laughs> so Michael, Michael's now telling uh, Bird, like, hey, it's Halloween. So, you know, during Halloween, this is the perfect time to break out. Um, and then he, and then Bird says, like, you're crazy. He's like, no, you're crazy. All right. I'm just mad. Oh, okay. So now this is when we get Richard. And this is pretty much, uh, the, all that our boy, uh, David was, uh, here, here to do. So Richard is over here. He's now flirting with Linda. Because <laughs> uh, she was first like, oh, thank you, Mr. Adams. He's like, call me Richard. He's like, you want to you want a drink? Oh, no. You want a glass of brandy? Oh, no, I don't want a drink. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. He pours a drink. 
Here, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm not creepy. Yeah, do. yeah there you go. Just drink <laughs> it. Put it in your mouth and drink it. I was like, okay, shit, okay. So, and <laughs> Linda's like, oh, yeah, I like your place and stuff. Like, how did you say you got your inherit again? Uh, he was like, oh, you know, I'm just really good. <laughs> so, like, basically, he's trying to, like, say, like, you know, he got it from his brains. Like, he, he was just really smart. That's how he got his inheritance. When he really just got it from Malcolm. Okay. So, that's how, you know, he, he, and then Richard's like, I thought this part was pretty weird, but funny. Richard's like, do you want to see me tap dance? <laughs> it's just like oh, I guess he starts to fucking tap dance <laughs> alright and then Linda's like oh okay so tell me really how did you get hey we need to we need to figure out some plot here tell me how did you get really get this house and then that's when Richard goes oh it's just my big brain and stuff I was like what the fuck what is going on here he like backs her up into a quarter and everything um and then, like, Joan shows up. She's, she's staring all this stuff down and everything. And eventually, Richard looks, you know, they see her, what's happening. And then she tells, like, hey, Richard, can you go get my bags and stuff? Uh, and then, like, uh, she, then Joan goes to Linda's, like, oh, you can see why I married him. She's like, yeah, he's such a charmer. So, okay. Wow. So, then we have a weird scene that didn't go anywhere either. So, we have... Christopher and we have Richard just like staring at each other like they don't like each other. Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought that was just like, uh, um, you know, like the stepdad thing or whatever. Yeah. You know, he's Malcolm's kid and maybe they just don't like each other. Yeah. Whatever. But like there was Although, no. He likes yeah. magicians. So well, I, know, I was kind of confused. Okay. Well, well, everybody remember that. So Christopher, we're led to believe maybe doesn't like his stepdad. Maybe he has sympathy for his dad. Everybody remember that. Okay, <laughs> about what's yeah. to come. So now Richard and uh, Joan, they just leave. So they get into the car and they're off to the party. And uh, mm-hmm. we never, almost never see them again. Never, so, never uh, see them again. <laughs> so we hear from them, but we don't see them again. So, so apparently Christopher, which is the young kid, he apparently has a guillotine in his room. Yeah, I saw that. Isn't that amazing? So you're telling me. It's fucking 10 years old, has a real guillotine just randomly in his room. Okay. Is there a kit for that you can buy, like off, uh, I don't know, from mail order catalog or something? Uh, maybe CVS? <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But so, Linda. Halloween, do they sell guillotines? Yeah, apparently they just sell real ones. You know, back in the 80s, bro, they didn't care. So, we already know that. They're like, fuck it. We'll get this guillotine of this kid. Fuck it. So, Linda wants to know where Chris is not now. All right. And Linda walks into Chris's room and Chris plays a, a prank on him where the guillotine looks like it's going to chop off his head. All right. And apparently this is when Linda's freaked out a little bit and then he's like, oh, hey, I'm Chris and you're cute. And then she starts freaking out. So this is the first freak out that we had of, of Linda with Chris. And this is when Chris explains that he likes magic. He likes Houdini. All right, and he calls her, and of course he calls Linda cute and everything. 
And he says, hey, it's Halloween. You know, I'm supposed to do these tricks on you and stuff. Um, so now Linda goes downstairs and now she's giving out candy to trick or treat. So there is one person in a policeman costume. There's one person in a witch costume. That's the first trick or treaters that we have. And then Chris scares her again. That's number two. So if you guys like to do drinking games during our show, uh, every time that Chris scares Linda, just take a shot. And I guarantee you'll be fucked up by the end of the show. So we got yeah. two times here. He scared her already. All right. Uh, and he also got her to, like, he was trying to apologize, but he also shocked her. You know that little shocking thing you could put on your hand? Mm-hmm. You ever had like one of those? Joy buzzers? Yeah. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah. So he's that too, and it worked. This girl was, like, super easy to scare. I mean, fuck, it's so easy. So now we are back at the hospital. Okay. The nurse. So she was telling one of the patients, don't do that with a toy. That's not very nice. And then she says, don't play with yourself. <laughs> so I don't know if this guy was like doing some humpy dumpy with his toy or something, but there's some, some shit, shit going on here. So we have some more wild people scenes and stuff. Um, so now Malcolm is formulating his plan. All right. And he's like, I'm getting out of here tonight. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, and I'm going to get, I'm going to get that bitch and her two gigolos. He's talking about his ex-wife. He's going to get his bitch of an ex-wife and all those gigolo men that she brings around. She's gonna, he's going to get them all because they all stole his money. Um, uh, yeah. And then basically his plan was like, I'm going like, to get the nurse. I'm going um, to like, kind of like get her. And what you got to do, Bird, the only thing you got to do for me is snore really loud. <laughs> okay. But, uh, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> yes. So, uh, take a shot, everybody. Linda gets scared again. All yep. right. Fucking easy as shit. I mean, just so easy. And then she's like, she tells him to go to bed and calls him a spoiled brat. And she's like, why do I get all the fucking uh, spoiled brats? And then Chris is like, because they all love you, Linda. Oh, good one. Ooh, good one. Yeah. So, we're back at the hospital now. Now, this is when nurse is telling everybody to, uh, you know, she's checking everybody in the bed, make sure everybody's sleeping. Um, she checks on Bird, and he's, like, snoring like a freaking lot of shit. And then when he goes to Malcolm, Malcolm, like, chokes her with a towel and everything, and her wig falls off. <laughs> and apparently he choked her. He didn't kill. He didn't necessarily kill her, but he choked her out, and he stole her outfit and her wig. Yes. To escape. And it just so happened that her outfit That's fit. That's his plan. Yes, that's his plan. Yes. Was to, to, to steal. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. So now Chris, he's playing around again. All right. Yes. And this is when Linda tells him the whole cried wolf story that didn't actually come into play at all during this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure it would, right? Like the whole, uh, you know, the, the uh, what's the story called? The, uh, yeah. the kid, boy who cried wolf. Yeah, the kid who cried wolf. So, so, yeah, so she tells him that entire story. Yeah. And you would think that it has something to do with the um, climax of this movie, but you would be wrong. Oh, very wrong. Like, it, it didn't even come up at all. Like, no. Fucking weird. Like, everybody knows the story, right? The kid, the car, wolf. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody knows that story. We don't have to recite this. Yeah. Story. If you don't, Google but, it. Uh, um, I ain't going to do it. Yeah. It's Google it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So. <laughs> So Malcolm is now dressed up as the nurse, and he puts lipstick on. Okay, mm-hmm. 
and because, they, to be more authentic. Yes, and so the officer comes out. People, it's like, yeah. hey, can I see your ID? And he's like, even talking in a woman's voice, and he just punches him. It gets out of there, and he goes, and he goes to escape, and he takes the car. At the house, but, Linda gets joked on again. <laughs> the guy's drunk yet? And she falls on also, a, oh, go ahead. I was going to say also, so Malcolm is also played by Peter Jason. Yeah. Who could not possibly be mistaken for a woman in any, any capacity. Well, you know, that, you know, you know, it's, uh, the, 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 the wig looked nice. <laughs> it uh-huh. did look nice. The wig, wig didn't yes. look nice, but, but it's, it, okay. All right. There's not any sense to be mad out of this, so let's just move on. Yes. So Linda gets joked on again. All right. Yeah. She falls on a chair and everything. And this is when she falls on the chair. Then uh, the Christopher he has like a couple masks that he uses. And he used one outside. The, the one he used outside actually looked kind of cool. And this is when we get a phone rings. All right. Brett is calling Linda, and Linda's saying how awful her evening's going because uh, she's here with Houdini Jr. She's complaining. <laughs> she's complaining about it, and then, uh, and then this is what Brett says. He's like, "Oh, okay, I see it. Well, I can't wait to see you at the show." I was like, "Wait a minute, at the show, Brett? She, she already told you in a couple scenes that she ain't gonna fucking be here at the show. Why did you say like I can't wait to see you at the front row at the show? Did right, you forget? Exactly. Did we forget here? Did we already forget? Like they were not even that far in the mood. Did we forget already?" <laughs> What is going on here? So uh, then they said, like, I love you and everything. And and then uh, he, he has to leave because he's about to go on stage. And like, like he called her and he only talked for like two seconds. Like, okay, I got to go. Well, what the fuck did you mm. call then? Right. Fuck. And, and he's about to go on stage, like literally like right after that phone call. Yeah. And she's not at the theater. So why does he think she would be in the front row? Maybe it's like an idiot. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Steve Railsback plays an idiot, man. Yes. Possibly. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I also think it's kind of funny <clears throat> that they act like they're teenagers. Yeah, like they the way they say they say things they they it acts they act like the dialogue seems like um, dialogue written for the teenagers from Halloween. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how they're saying, oh, we'll just come over. Like the family went out to a Halloween party. Why don't you just come over after you get done doing whatever? And But Steve Railsback is like 40 years old in this movie. Well, yeah. I mean, perfect. <laughs> <All right. laughs> just put him in some medieval costume and pretend like he's a fucking 18. No problem. <laughs> All right. So, All right. So, like, so Malcolm, he now arrives yeah. at a payphone. All mm-hmm. right, and I think this is a scene where he gave some homeless guy money too. Um, so he's at the payphone now. He calls, uh, he's he, he calls his house, and this is what Linda answers, and, he, and she's like, "Hello, hello," and he doesn't say anything. You know, trying to like I guess mm-hmm. creep her out or something. Um, and she hangs up, and of course Linda is thinking that it's Christopher doing this all the time, so she runs upstairs. And then she runs up and then she looks through the window and she sees Christopher laying in the pool face side up and she freaks out. She runs all the way to the pool, pulls him out of there, gives him some mouth to mouth for a little bit. You know, he's selling this one really good. 
and, and then she's kissing him. She's kissing him and kissing him and stuff. And eventually he's like, um, you know, he's like, thanks for the kiss, baby. <laughs> and then she's like looking like super upset because she thought like, you know, the kid was like drowning and dead and stuff. Mm. All right. And then she's like, he's like, thanks for the kiss, baby. You wouldn't hit a kid, would you? And then she freaks out and everything. So I was like, damn, this guy fucking, he's crazy. But he did, he got his kiss though. I he was like, fuck, kiss, yeah. you know what? If I was his age, fucking, I had that babysitter, I might pull the same trick too. I don't blame him for that one. So the, the, the trick or treats are trying to be out of door, but nobody's home. They're like, oh, the, the lights are on. Well, let's go push down their trash can. Linda's back up there and she's upset and everything. She answers the phone, no answer. So she gets all pissed off because she thinks it's still Christopher. And this is when she runs upstairs. She's like, I need you to get off the phone and stuff. And this is when he fake stabs himself with a knife. So he's playing with her again. So this is when we see uh, Malcolm hanging up the phone. This is when he gives some homeless guy some money. And he runs into a police. And the police guy like, is this your car? He's like, oh, oh, it's not my car and stuff. And he leaves. And then the cop's like, oh, wait a minute. Very bad acting. They're not that scene. Very bad acting. So now we see Christopher. He's cutting up some. Did you see the sausage that he was cutting up? Yeah. It was like a, like a pepperoni or something, right? Or like a salami. Are, are they supposed to be white like that? Yeah, because that's fat in them. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, some of them are. That look kind of weird. So Chris is like slicing up some fucking. And like, he. he okay. So. How many times have you scared her? Like five times already, right? He even like faked that he least. drowned. Like at he, least he he pretends to cut his finger and she believes it. I mean, fuck! Like this girl. So, hello. You just told him about the fucking. You were the one that told him about the cry wolf story, and you still believing yeah. everything this kid's yeah. saying. Yeah. See, I keep thinking every one of these is going to be like real. Like he really did cut his finger off, yeah. and she doesn't believe him, or he, you know. Or when he drowned, or when he was in the pool, he I was like, "Oh, the kid's gonna die," and she's not gonna because she's not gonna believe yeah, that he was like something. really drowning. But no, that didn't happen. No, she just keeps getting she just falls for everything. I guess this is the trick part of the whole movie. Where the fuck was the treat at? I, I was about to say, the- where does the treat come in? The treat was like when the uh, credits roll, and I, just, I could stop watching this <laughs> exactly. fucking thing. Exactly, that's when the treat came in. So the phone rings again and there's no answer. Now Linda's pissed. So and then the door and the door knocks and she just fucking takes the fucking candy and throws it at the kids. I thought that part was cool because the kids are like, "Oh fuck, I'll just take the candy up the floor." <laughs> that part was pretty funny. So Linda's pissed right now. Oh, the ki- the trick or treats are saying, "Hey, that lady's crazy." That's when they pick up all their candy and stuff. And she picks up the phone and she and then it's basically the Mike Malcolm now speaks. He's like. I'm coming home to take care of you, June. And of course, Linda thinks it's Chris. So she hangs up the phone angry. She like looks for Chris upstairs. Uh, and then uh, she's like looking at Chris's room, which his room's like full of like magic and Houdini and stuff. It even had like a pinball machine in there and had a, uh, like a, what do you call those things? A ventriloquist dummy there too. Yeah. And she yeah. goes into a room and now Chris is dressed up like Dracula. <laughs> uh huh. And she's pissed so at him. Random. Yeah, it's so random. <laughs> and she's pissed off at him said the phone. And then he acts like, oh, I wasn't even on the phone. And of course, she doesn't believe him. Um, <laughs> so we have a... This part was weird, too. So Malcolm is... He's still dressed up like the nurse, okay? Yeah. There is this drunk guy that was, like, trying his hardest to pick up on her. Like, hey, just have a drink with me. Come on with me. Where are you going? Hey, where are you at? Like, uh, bro. <laughs> Okay. Bro. <laughs> All right. 
We got you, man. And I and I guess they they look like they're in their time. That they look like they, this is when I figured out they're probably in Vegas. All right. So um. So now this is when Joan she's now wants she wants to check on Chris. All right. And this is when Linda she calls up Linda and everything, and they talk about Linda tells them what how big of a nightmare Chris has been. And she starts going on to him about like, you know, maybe you should like discipline your child and don't buy him everything. Maybe he won't, you know, she's like, well, I, I just, I'd like to him to be fine. And, you know, I liked him to, to explore different stuff like that. And then she's like, this is really weird. Like it was basically Linda saying like, your kid's a spoiled brat. And it was like June saying, yeah. well, yeah, but like he, he's exp- it's exp- expressing himself and stuff. So, so June is basically just like you know lying about his kid and all this shit like that, and then all during this time Chris he's in a mask and everything now he's setting up another trap, like who the fuck this kid think he is like, fucking uh, Kevin mixed uh, Kevin from Home Alone, I mean fuck, um, so now we have this big scene where, God, I mean, you know what to be honest with you I don't really feel bad for this Linda girl I mean come on like this is like so. E- <laughs> He does the string thing and he knocks on the door. She goes out there. Nobody there. Knocks on the door again. Nobody out there. Knocks on the door again. Nobody out there. Knocks on the door again. Linda then says, Trick or treat. I was like, what the fuck? What? Okay. That was my reaction through this entire movie. Malcolm is um, still in the nurse costume, and he's at like a uh, like a, a a restaurant or something. And like, okay, we'll be with you. Be right with you, ma'am. He's like, okay, no problem. And he, and he uh, grabs a huge knife. Okay, and he leaves. Right. So this whole scene was set up to show how he got a knife. Right? Yes. Yes. So now Chris is playing around some more. He gets inside the house. Uh, <laughs> this part was so funny. So I got like. So during this, Linda, she like, she put on like a, an evening gown through like pretty much half the movie. And um, I guess she wanted the evening gown because she was waiting on Brett, but Brett was too busy like t- taking forever out of his play or something. So, well, that was going to be my question. Is there a storyline reason? Because doesn't the kids say, why are you wearing my mom's nightgown or something like that? Yeah, I guess she wanted to be like more comfortable or something. I have no idea. So she put on jones nightgown yes well the reason she put on okay, jones nightgown sure. allison is because how is malcolm supposed to figure out how we how are we supposed to get to plot a to plot b <laughs> i mean come on man like duh how, yeah, right how is malcolm supposed to be confused by these people who don't look alike yeah i mean duh <laughs> uh, right like how like he why, yeah. why would since he's sane you know, yeah. and he why would he why would he not <laughs> Well, how would he possibly not mistake uh, this other woman for a woman that he was married to? Yeah. I mean, it's not like this girl was way younger and had a way different color hair. I mean, come on now. <laughs> I mean, duh. So uh, so now these guys are at the door trick-or-treating. And these guys are like like our age, and they're trick-or-treating, and they're drunk. And I was just thinking, right. that would be so fun. Like, can I be part of these yes. guys' group? Like, fuck, they didn't give a fuck. And then, and then one guy was like, hey, you should come with us. <laughs> like, Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Like, this is, like, the coolest guys in the movie. Okay, so now we get, like, two drunk homeless dudes, okay? Um, 
and they they one of the homeless guys I guess wants to go get another beer. So he goes out to the store and gets another beer, and then Malcolm shows up. He's kind of like following him, and he goes to the other homeless guy who's laying down. And Malcolm's like, "All right, man, take off your clothes." The homeless guy's like, "What the hell's going on here?" Hell yeah! <laughs> like, no, take off your clothes and stuff, and it forces him. To, the other homeless guy shows up too. He tells him to shut up. He tells this one to take off all his clothes, and and then eventually he does. And the best part was like, "He's like, you never seen tits before." I was like, "Okay." Wow. So Malcolm now has a change of clothes. He just took it for some homeless guy. Uh, this is this is a weird scene too. So we have we need we need a new character, a new blonde. I believe she was blonde. Uh oh. Andrea. Yes. And we have this girl named like, uh, Ida or something, Edith or something. So they both apparently they are editors. Okay, movie editors. And Andrea is saying. I like editing movies, but sometimes these horror movies are like way too scary and nasty for me. And they go on this huge tirade of how like horror movies might be bad and it might just be a phase people are going through. Mm. I'm like, oh, okay, we're adding this in here? Okay. And then like, they like watch their work and they're like, watch, and I guess, so this is Linda, she's actually in this movie too. Where it's like she's an actress. Right? Yeah, it's like basically, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like a, like a ripoff of like Frankenstein, mm-hmm. where the guy is telling me I'm gonna make the greatest creature known to man, and he has like you know two hot girls ne- next to him and stuff, and he's like saying like, okay, we're about to wake him up, and they wake him up, but they forget the brain, and like Andrea and all this stuff are looking like this is like the scariest thing ever because there's like a little bit of blood there. I was like, "What kind of cheesy shit?" It's like a cheesy movie within a cheesy movie. Well, exactly. It's like that's what I was going to say. It's like a horrible movie inside this other horrible movie. Yes. Um. And uh, I think one of them did say, "Oh, this movie is brilliant." I'm sure it is. <laughs> and then they go on about this long spiel about like you know, which I actually agree with them. She's like, "Hey, you know, these movies and stuff they look good all because of the editing. We we are actually the." the people behind the scenes who never get any kind of credit and we're the, actually the ones that make all these movies look like masterpieces, which to me is actually, you know, it's not all of it, but it is a big, big, big part of it that can make a, a shitty movie look good is the editing. Right. It is. And also that was, that's the most, to me, that was the best part of the whole movie, but yeah. no, it really has nothing to do with the movie Yes, because Gary Graver was a cinematographer. So like that's him talking. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think that's him talking. That's his voice, you know, saying that you know, the director gets the credit for this movie, but I'm the one who actually shot it. Yeah, I'm the one that's like but making it look piece good. of shit. So he doesn't have much of a case for himself. But anyway, yeah, a little tough. So Linda calls them. All right, she's all like, uh, you know, I guess like the movie that she was in, it was called The Monster Strikes. Okay. <laughs> And she's like, hey, can I borrow my scene from that movie? Because I, I need to bring it tomorrow for my for part of my like audition or something. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it ready for you. Uh, I'll bring it by your house uh, a little later. So she's like, okay, let me give you the address. And, of course, it just cuts off. So we have more trick-or-treaters arrive. And then after that, Linda, she leaves the door open. Oops. Oops. So now she's like turning on TV and now Malcolm 
Um, so she turns on the TV and Malcolm's about, you know, he's, he's driving up there mm-hmm. and this is the TV is now talking about how Malcolm escaped from the mentally hospital, the home of the insane, the home of the insane. Yeah. And, uh, and this is when the nurse, um, she was talking about how Malcolm jumped her and took, and took all her clothes. All right. So the, the nurse wasn't dead. She actually just mm-hmm. got like attacked, basically. Choked. She just got choked out. Yeah. yeah. But she, she's still alive. She's still alive so and on good. TV now. Loving her TV time. Uh, they were, and she was all talking about how Malcolm used to be very trustworthy and stuff. Uh, they all act up. And then so all the people are acting up. So why, like, while like they're doing the interview, like, all the like crazy people start acting crazy, and the, the interviewer can barely get any like words in. Yeah, they just all start doing crazy people stuff. Yes. <laughs> so this is also too when Malcolm gets on a bus, so he's heading on home now. So we're back at the house. Linda hears a noise. She grabs a flashlight. Uh, and then Malcolm is also now Malcolm has now entered the house as well too. So he finally he got there pretty quick. Uh, Linda's yeah, going by the pool. Malcolm goes upstairs. He's looking through Chris's room. Uh, we have some birds going crazy. Uh, Linda's walking by the pool. Goes to the shed. Uh, the door's uh, locked on her and gl- gl- glass breaks. She freaks around again. She goes through some cobweb. And then Chris drops a rat on her. And she freaks out. So how like what is it eight times this already? This is still going on. Yeah, this, this is, still, is still going I mean, on. Fuck, He's still scaring her. Bro, that's like eight shots. You guys must be fucked up now. That's like eight shots deep. Alright. Okay? Still yeah. shit's going on. Uh she's basically super pissed at this time. She's like, leave her alone. Uh just go to bed. Go upstairs to your bed and plagues it pleads with her, pleads with him to leave her alone and don't fuck with her anymore. And then she says I just want you to eat poison candy. <laughs> so, so we went from like babysitting this kid, and now she wants him to die from eating poison candy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then she also calls him. I don't not sure if you're a kid, or you might just be a midget. <laughs> so that came out of nowhere. Yes. Um, There's a lot of things in this movie you did. Yes. So Malcolm is still looking around the house. And he goes to the attic, and he plays with his train. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, now we don't we don't talk about a train any other time in this movie, but we're supposed yes. to get something out of the scene, I suppose. Yes. So apparently, upstairs in his huge attic that he had upstairs, he has a big train set that we just found out that he likes. Okay. It, it's <laughs> right, called story. It's not in the movie. It's not in the movie anywhere <laughs> else. Yeah. So. Andrea shows up, the editor lady. She, the whole, her lines are basically asking Linda, where are you at? Like for, like, uh, it seemed like a, an eternity. She was asking for how, where she's at. So she goes up, she has her, t- and she like, so check this out, Allison. Let's say, I'll say, hey, Allison, can you come by my house? I'm baby, I will come by this address. I'm babysitting uh, uh, Kent. All right. And just drop off this videotape to me and leave it to me and I'll see you later. You're like, okay. So you knock on the door. I don't answer. Door's open. You come in. Like, what would you do? 
Like, oh, hey, I don't see you. Maybe he's busy. Leave the taping. Leave, right? Not Andrea. Probably. She's like, she's no. like, Linda, where are you? I'm going to go to every room in this house to find you. Every single room. Oh, you're not in the mm. bathroom? Oh, you're not upstairs? You're not near this couch? Okay, let's go all the way up to the attic. Mm-hmm. Linda, where are you at? I, you, might be in, you might be in the attic. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Well, I guess nowadays we have cell phones. So it's a little different. But she, I guess she's trying to be a good friend or whatever. But she goes everywhere. Up the stairs. She checks Chris's room. She says magic tricks. Okay. Uh, she goes to all the rooms. She goes to the attic. She hears a cat. She thinks Linda is playing with her. She's like, oh, I think it's joking because it's Halloween. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, uh-huh. She looks in the train room. She hears a noise. Uh, she goes up to this like other part of the attic that there's more parts of the attic in there. And she gets stabbed, supposedly, because it was like probably the worst stabbing scene I've ever seen in my life by Malcolm. <laughs> Did you see that stabbing scene? Yeah, it was awful. It was all. It was as awful as anything else in this. Movie. It looked it was, like it looked like he just like pushed her, and then there was blood on the knife. He was like, "All right, I want to push you down, and then what <laughs> I need you to do is I got some fake blood. We're just gonna like splash it on that knife of yours, okay?" And then, of course, Malcolm's like, you're not June. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Four years. Come on. Um, so now Linda... Um, so now Linda actually scares, tries to scare Chris. But Chris says... Oh, tables are turned. Oh, the tables are turned now. <laughs> and then Chris is like, nice try. It didn't work. So now Chris makes some sort of like random joke. All right. And the phone rings. And this is when Linda says, screw off. And he's like, hey, this is Brett. I was like, oh, Brett, how's it going? And she tells him about like all like the phone calls and playing or what's been going on. And like she feels like there's might be some sort of like person like maybe out to get her and stuff. And Brett's yeah, like, oh, maybe. maybe we should, like, call the police or something. And uh, she's, like, he's just, like, saying, like, oh, nothing, you know, you could do right now. And just try to call the police on it if you're nervous and just lock all the doors and stuff. Yeah, sure. And then so after they, so then Chris is like, okay, I got to go again. It's like, what the fuck did you call? <laughs> or, like, Brett says, I got to go again. Yeah, where's he going? So Back on stage? Yes. Yeah, who fucking knows, man? Like this, he, he, this guy was so useless. Like I didn't get anything yes. he did. Uh, so now Chris is like putting on some glasses or something. All right, so Linda is now trying to call the police. She's like, "Hey, you know, there's a guy who keeps calling my door. I think he's gonna show up here and do me some harm." And the cops like, "Listen, I can't do anything. Let me know when he actually shows up." Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right, yeah. He's good, like, I can't show up because we get 100 calls of these a night. Okay. Mm. 100, 100 calls of people yes. uh, invading my thing, the house every night. Okay, all right. So he's like looking through some sound stuff and he's like starting to play. Uh, he has like a vinyl. Like, he, like he's looking through his vinyl mm. collection and he has a, a vinyl of like creepy sounds, which I was like, yeah, sweet. Like, I definitely like, like, I like one of those. That'd be awesome. Hmm. So Linda's outside drinking and stuff. Oh, so like she got a trick or treaters, and one of the trick or treaters knew Chris, and she she was he was asking uh, Linda how is Chris doing, and that's when Linda's like, oh, he's doing well. He's probably just upstairs making a bomb. 
Okay. So then Linda goes upstairs to check on him. Uh, bomb. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, why not, right? Yes. Maybe, I'm sure it probably is. So apparently she has like she said she had like a sore throat or something like that, and then now she sees like Chris is like actually like getting tired and going to sleep. So Linda is now like sitting down. You know, she finally got Christopher to sleep a little bit. She's just sitting on the couch, and Malcolm shows up, knife in his hand. All right, saying like, "Hey June, don't look, don't look at me, don't don't look around." He's like, he so now he thinks Linda is June. He's like, mm-hmm. I, "I I changed." Haven't you? I was like, I see you changed up my stuff around my house and stuff. Were you surprised to see me? But I thought you'd never see me here at my house again, wouldn't you? Uh, I like how you move my stuff around. It's like, shut up, don't move around and stuff. And <laughs> so Linda's like looking wow. to her back and she sees who it is and she sees the knife. And, and then Malcolm's like, okay, it's time for you to suffer. And for all the pain you put me through, putting me in that hospital for so many years. And then this is when Linda like pushes him and she starts running. Yes. And then this happens for a while. Oh my god. Like oh freaking for several long years. Time. Fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. Like she fucking Malcolm falls <laughs> over and shit. She's like running throughout uh, the house. She goes outside. Uh Linda goes back into the shack. Malcolm finds her in the shack. He gets caught in the sh- spider webs. Uh, fucking, <laughs> he grabs like a left. for some reason he grabs like a typewriter and a helmet <laughs> right? and then he, he, he like, about that part too <laughs> like, the whole time he's carrying around that butcher knife too cause we know cause you know Halloween we gotta copy that you know I mean this is supposed to be like okay Malcolm the new serial killer the man scary the nightmares Malcolm okay so uh, he's like, uh, so he tries to goes up a ladder. She like jumps off the ladder. I'm like, come on, guys, really? Like it's it just keeps going. Then they run to the car, and then they run back yeah. in the house. And yeah, like she anyway, runs into yeah, the car. Her car just so happens yeah. not to work. She tries yeah. to start it up. He's like, where are you going? Like, and, and it's weird too because like he can literally look at her face in the car, and he's like, oh, you're not June. He's just like, no, I guess she's June now. Okay. It, it, yeah. He tries to open the door, starts to grab through the window and stuff. She's she escapes from the car now. She's running around now, running around the house. She eventually sees dead Andrea, so she starts to freak out a little bit. She's trying to call yeah. the police. Of course the phone doesn't work because we're nineteen eighty two, we could just cut the line. Goes mm-hmm. to Chris's room, Chris wakes up, says somebody's in the house, he thinks it's a ghost. He's like for some reason. Well, no, this is a weird scene too. So yeah. Chris is like, wakes up. She's like, hey, there's somebody in the house and stuff. So is it a ghost or is it a man with a big knife? And then, and then, <laughs> and then fucking, and then this is the weirdest scene. Then Linda looks around at the camera, like the breaking the fourth wall. She's like, or another trick, <laughs> or another trick. <laughs> yeah, look at my acting. Yeah. I'm breaking the third wall, guys. We're cool. Look at us. We're a cool movie. So now Malcolm gets upstairs. It's amazing. So like, fucking Linda asks, okay, how does this guillotine work? I'm like, are, are you serious, guys? That, 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 is, that is what we're going to remember. That is the Easter egg in the movie, the guillotine. That's what we're supposed to remember. 
out of all these other plot points, the guillotine is the one we're supposed to remember. Thank you. So they get the guillotine ready. Like it wasn't a, it's a real one. Okay. It's not a fake guillotine, even though he faked himself killing himself earlier, but this is a supposedly now it's a real guillotine. And you know, like this is like, this is like Chris's dad, his biological dad that he hasn't seen in four years. Mm. Like, what happened to the cry wolf stuff? Okay, we're we're not supposed to remember the cry wolf stuff. We're not supposed to remember Linda's supposed to be at this play or not. We're not supposed to remember Chris and you know having an evil stare at his stepdad and not probably wanting his real dad and stuff because his real dad got sent to the hospital or nothing. No, we're supposed to remember the fucking guillotine. That's what we were supposed to remember. Yep. Okay. Yep. She's like, can it cut? He's like, yeah, yeah, it can cut. So they like they raise the blade and everything. Somehow during all this, Linda got a gun. Did you see how she got the gun? No, I don't I have no idea where this gun came so from. So she just showed up with a gun. Okay. Um, Chris, during all this time, he now put on the executioner mask. Why not? He just had it laying around. So Malcolm is trying to break into the door. Okay. Uh, so then after a while, she doesn't hear anything. She's like, I don't hear anything. And then Malcolm comes from the other door, the side door. And like, this has to be like the worst killer in the history of horror movies. Because well, who's worse? No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. Okay. I'm just saying that like, I mean, I'll talk about, we'll talk about this more when we, when we finally finish this, but he's not really supposed to be a killer. Okay. Well, anyway, like he's just, yeah, he's a normal guy. So he says, I don't hear, they say, oh, we don't hear. He breaks through the other door and he just like gets like, he doesn't fall and he doesn't like trip. He gets guided onto the guillotine. Okay. <laughs> like, Okay, I'm here now. I'm supposed to scare you. Oh, let me just go right here on the guillotine with my head right there. Okay, that's where I'm supposed to yeah, be. Perfect. That's what that's what we rehearsed. And then they like, use the guillotine, and the guillotine, I guess, works for real and hit chops his back of his head. And mm-hmm. uh he dies. Chris stares right into his dad's eyes and he apologizes <laughs> to Linda for making her life a living hell, even though they just <laughs> both murdered his dad right in front of his eyes. And then Chris grabs a knife and he starts laughing like there's going to be a fucking sequel to this piece of shit. <laughs> right? And then Linda uh, crying, calling to the cops. Hello, police. Uh, I like the report of death. Chris is behind, behind her and she's, he's about to fucking stab her. And then we just hear trick or treat and we hear some eighties music. Like there's going to be a fucking sequel to this, whatever this shit is. Why, why, why did any of this happen? Like, so I'm I'm, I'm speechless. Like I just, I don't even know what to say. Well, the thing is, okay, so let's check this out. Let's break this down a little bit. So Malcolm, let's do that. So, like you were kind of saying, Malcolm is just supposed to be like a normal guy who got wrongly yeah. imprisoned by his wife so the wife can right. cheat around with like this richer guy, which he's still doing, and taking his money, which he's still accomplished. Okay. But we're supposed to think he's the bad guy. Yes, but he is the bad guy because he is trying to take his life back 
and kill okay so he's going he went there he thought everybody was supposed to be june but they they obviously don't look at june june at all no and then we're supposed to believe that chris doesn't like his stepdad but he also doesn't know who his dad is or did he know that it was his dad or something and then they well, kill him and then now chris inherits the crazy gene that wasn't even there in the first place Right, like why? Why is Chris trying to kill um, uh, the babysitter at this point? Because he, because the spirit of his dead dad, when he stared him into the eyes, he is now the trick and the treat. It's, it's kill because we uh, need, because we need a sequel. Yeah, right. Because we need a um, shocker. That's why we needed a shocking ending. Brother, that's, well, that's exactly what this was. It's like what, like it, you know, it's, it's like he saw Friday the Thirteenth, and then he was like, "Oh, we need a, a shocking ending like that." What? What would be a shocking ending? Let's have Christopher all of a sudden be be the killer, be yeah. a killer. I don't know where. I. I mean, what? What? I mean, what if Christopher had been the killer the whole time, and killed Andrea and killed all these people, and Malcolm, uh. Malcolm was actually not the killer. And then the boy who cried wolf story would have kind of made sense in a way. Yeah. But but we saw we saw Malcolm kill Andrea, which is like the only person that no, died did, in this movie. Yeah. Right. So But most of the movie is him trying to get back to the house on the bus. Yeah. Or like much. him him trying to get back to the house is like most of the movie. Yeah. Um and then like Andrea is, she's in the movie just to have somebody that di- to die, but she's the only person that died other than Malcolm in the whole movie. Pretty much, yes. Well, you know, and you know when you have Halloween traditions. I mean, come on. I mean, trick or treats, man. I mean, right. This movie then, can be debated for hours. Yeah, but it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Brett Brett was played by Steve Railsback, who's an amazing actor. Yeah. And they could have literally gotten anyone to play that part. Yeah, pretty and much. And David Carradine played a nothing part and that could have li- I mean, they're really the only character and and uh, even um uh <clears throat> Carrie Snodgrass is not really in the movie a lot playing Joan. Yeah, I mean, um, n- n- pretty much none of her. The only main people we had in the movie was uh, Linda and Chris, and then a little bit of yeah. Malcolm in there, sprayed in there, with him like not figuring out like none of these people are her, are his wife or his ex wife. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it's just uh, a very very weird movie. Okay, not a whole lot of plot. I mean, I'm pretty sure what we were trying to do is here. Like, I think it's it's kind of like one of those like things where. Some studios are like, okay, people, there's this horror movie thing going on right now. Just give some guy a knife, do some story, have some hot blonde, put a kid in there so we can pretend like kids can go watch this movie too, and then make a horror movie. So, that's that's the only thing I can think of. It's absolutely, yeah, it's astoundingly bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even like, for those people who watch bad movies because of, you know, ironically or whatever, like it's not even, it's not even worth seeing for that. Yeah. So, but 
That's it, everybody. And there you have it. <laughs> That's trick or treats. Uh, a non-classic if there ever was one. Yeah, just I, I normally tell people just you know you should watch it, but really you shouldn't watch this. You don't have enough life left. <laughs> yeah, there's a way. There's there's way other stuff out there. Like I'm kind of like my time back. <laughs> I was you know I was for so a little side thing. I was debating to watching this one or Night of the Demons. Which is Night of the Demons is probably my favorite ho- actual like movie that's about like you know actually happens on Halloween of all time. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I kind of I kind of wanted to do the Night of the Demons one, you know, because I, I know that movie is awesome, but I kind of wanted mm. to save it for like next year. So we'll probably do that one next year. So I was like, yeah, okay, we have well, plans for that. Yeah. So like, what can we do for a meantime? I was like, okay, let's try this trick or treats, and I was like, boy, yeah, why not? Whew, little rough there, brother. But hey, that's how it goes sometimes <laughs> here in the Retro Blood. We don't always get all the winners, but we talk about them yeah. regardless, though. So, but uh, you know, hey, sometimes the bad ones can be a fun review. So, hopefully, this review is a lot funner than the actual movie. So, but everybody, that will end the Retro Blood for October. Thank you all for joining us for our anniversary month. I hope you all had a great time. Uh, I know we did, but we will be back here next month, starting off November. And uh, me and Allison were talking for, you know, for November, we thought it'd be a good idea. So we're, we're going to be going outdoors for November. We're going to be going to a lot of fields, you know, a lot of like, you know, because you're thinking November time, Thanksgiving and stuff, you know, the leaves are changing, autumn's coming in. What do you think about? You think about corn mazes, you think about corn fields, you know what I mean? So what are we mm-hmm. doing? We're doing the children of the corn next week, brother. Hmm. Cannot wait. It's going to be pretty wild. Wow, what a total 180 we're going to be doing, too. From this movie to the Children of the Corns, brother. It's going to be something wild. So, uh, join us here next week for the Children of the Corns. And join us here tomorrow for the Lights Out, brother. The sister podcast of the Retro Blood where we have no rules. We have we just raw everything. We're fucking talking about everything. Oh, yeah. And we're going to do our first battle of the Halloween Havocs, everybody. That's going to be super fun. So yeah. uh, I can't you wait for all the wrestling oh. talk you can handle. I can't wait to talk about this 1998 Halloween Havoc. Oh, it has it has everything I love, guys. Like you guys, I, if, there, if there's a review to check out, if you guys are wrestling fans and you know, listen to us on here, you got to check it out because I have a shit ton to talk about. Like 1998 is like when I started watching wrestling. So I'm going to talk all about that, too. And some of my great memories of this show and some of the wackiness going on going on as well too so join us for a special halloween episode tomorrow but uh any final words allison before we leave everybody out of october how did you like this october month what did you think about it oh man it started off great and kind of ended shitty but um but we we watched the halloween movies and they were fantastic um so watch all the halloween movies guys and just uh just listen to this episode and don't watch this movie just take our word for it that uh it, you did you did not have enough life left to waste on this the 91 minutes of this of this movie it, it's it's pretty awful but uh yeah halloween 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 month was great um and it's still not done like i said we got one more to show tomorrow so come back and listen to us talk about wrestling for as long as we do yeah betty it's gonna be a fantastic time nope everybody uh hope everybody has a great and safe halloween as well so definitely a, a fun time if you're out there trick-or-treating, if you're out there partying, going to haunted houses, doing your thing, listening to the Retro Bled, 
while you're doing all that stuff, we guys appreciate yep. everybody who's listening to us, and we will check you here next time. So, uh, since I did some of the metal, I guess we'll leave everybody with uh, accept, and this yep. and this one's called Demons Night, brother. Demons Night, just like our boy Malcolm. He had this huge plan. He was planning for four years. Uh, he's talking to Bird this whole time and he was like you know what I'm coming home for Halloween brother alright Michael Myers not taking my glory anymore I'm taking over buddy Malcolm he's coming home and he's deadly and he's dangerous just like the retro blood yep alright guys we will see you here next week check out the lights out tomorrow and happy Halloween everybody see you guys watch out for razor blades and your candy Ooh. don't forget that Oops.